Welcome back to the All Figured Out podcast. Today we have another fantastic guest and I'm so excited for you to get to know Chantel Russell. I actually met Chantel briefly before the pandemic when I attended a business reset day on Bowen Island here in BC just before the pandemic hit. I actually think it was the last big group thing I ever did before we got all locked down for a couple of years there. There was an option to go for a rainy walk or to stay in Chantel's cozy yoga studio where she'd be giving a talk and an introduction to Ayurveda, which is a form of Eastern medicine. I'm so happy I chose the cozy route, even though one might call it the lazy route. Even though we retain only about 10% of what we hear, what I retained from that talk with Chantel was so critical for me. We talked about seasonality, individual differences with lifestyle and nutrition, and it was honestly very, very eye-opening. Chantel believes that being well is a daily choice, and she lives that ethos in her life and in the work that she does. Chantel is a mother, an entrepreneur, and cancer thriver. She is a registered holistic nutritionist, an Ayurvedic wellness coach, equine-facilitated wellness professional. She owned her own gorgeous yoga studio on Bowen Island for many years, and currently she does program management and is an educator at multiple wellness educational institutions. She offers on-demand yoga and Pilates and both soulful wellness coaching and is an equine-facilitated wellness professional. She does so much, and I know she touches so many people's lives. When I reconnected with Chantel, we had a Zoom date to talk more about how she could share about the winter solstice with you all. I've always been interested in the solstice, and a mutual friend of ours reconnected us. And so we were chatting about the solstice, but I wish I had recorded the chat because we talked about so many other things and it's okay because she promised that she would repeat everything that she said and boy did she deliver we not only cover a bit about the winter solstice but we dive into parenting winter rituals and so much more i was also going to air this episode on december 21st next wednesday because how perfect is that however i wanted to give you the opportunity to listen to this episode really digest everything that Chantel says, and also to give you a chance to sign up for her workshop that she'll be hosting on December 21st. So without further ado, and to leave some mystery, I bring you Chantel Russell. You're listening to the All Figured Out Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Barr. As a career coach for parents, a mom, an entrepreneur, and someone who spent 10 plus years in the corporate world, I still don't have it all figured out. And maybe you don't either. In this podcast, I'll share tools and strategies that I use with my clients. And in the many areas where I don't have things figured out, I'll be bringing you some amazing guest experts to help us fill in the gaps. So tune in each week as we explore how to make career and life decisions that truly work for you, your family, and your big goals. Let's make moves. Welcome Chantel Russell to the All Figured Out podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Andrea. There's so much we could talk about today. I originally reached out to you because you were recommended to talk about winter solstice. It's something I've always been just absolutely fascinated by and truly know nothing about. I just like the vibe. I know there's something about it that I enjoy and I like that it means the light is coming. Um, but uh, when we initially chatted, I just realized there's just so much more we could talk about. So before we get into the solstice and winter and so many good things that I know that you can provide wisdom to our audience on, what is the journey that brought you to be this multifaceted professional in well-being, I will call you? Um, mm. How did you get here? I'm sure it's mm. an interesting story. 
Yeah, thank you. And that's a really good way to summarize it. I'm going to go, I'm going to use that. I'm just <laughs> well being is what yeah. I do because I like a lot of women that I know have multiple, <laughs> wear multiple hats. Um, I've been a yoga teacher for almost 20 years. I studied nutrition in school. And so I've always been really passionate about health and wellness. And I went on to open my own yoga studio um, in 2006. And so that's when I really put on the hat of entrepreneur. Um, and saw myself as one because for a lot of years I just saw myself as a, a yoga teacher, but I didn't really see it as a business. It was something I loved to do, but I didn't treat as seriously as you might treat something like a business. Um, and my journey has had many curves, um, ups and downs. And throughout that, you know, motherhood, one of the curveballs that gets thrown as uh, a wellness and entrepreneur you know, person, somebody that is, cares about their wellness and um, considers themselves an entrepreneur. So yeah, I mean, how long do we have? <laughs> Basically, <laughs> but but all that to say, yeah, I really love I'm passionate about um, just taking care of ourselves. So we can really make the most of this life that we've been given, because it's so precious, and it's so short. And I see so many people setting really beautiful goals for themselves, but then burning themselves out along the way and not really enjoying the journey. And I think the journey is what we're here to savor. And so I'm really passionate about reminding people to to do that. Amazing. And did you always know that you were going to get into this space? Is this something that when you were a little girl, you were like, I'm going to be a yoga teacher. I'm going to support people. No, no. <laughs> I didn't really. It's funny. My life has never been that well planned out. I really go with the flow in every sense of the word. Um, I'm, I'm very much interested in following my passion and what I love. And that's what I've always done. I will say that when I was 18, I was with my grandmother as she passed away. And that was when I really started considering health because she passed away of colon cancer. And um, it made me realize that one day I would go through that as well. Like death was something I would have to deal with. And at 18, nobody ever talks about that or thinks about that. So that was a really big pivotal point in my life where I started considering how important it is to take care of yourself because how it'll affect you in the long run. And um, so I really started getting interested in yoga and spirituality and that's why I think I started at such a young age was because I realized that, you know, we're, we're here, we're mortal. And what do you want to do while you're here? And can you do it in a way that you feel as vibrant and healthy as you can? Oh, that's wonderful. That's really cool. And I'm sorry to hear about your grandma and the passing of her, but you know, it was such a great gift to be honest. Thank you for saying that. And I also feel like it's such a, it's such a privilege to be with someone when they pass away. And I think that even, you know, we'll get into the solstice dialogue, but I think it's something that as a culture, we just don't talk about death. Um, But it's, it's part of life. And I think the more we talk about it, not in a morbid sense, the more it can actually make us feel more alive and make us, you know, remind us that the choices that we make really matter here. And um, so it's not something that I, like, I think it was one of the greatest gifts that I was able to be with her um, through that journey. <laughs> yeah, truly. Oh, wow. And so that sounds like a uh, awakening to winter or just like the the yin yang of like, there's just like joy and there can be light and then there can be dark. Have there other, been other times that you felt like in your life, just really this work has really supported you? 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I will say that I agree. The, um, the light and the dark is something that I, I really celebrate both polarities, um, in, in speaking with nature, as far as, you know, there's the light part of the year and the dark part of the year. And what's really beautiful about the winter solstice is we're, we're in the dark, but we are getting ready to celebrate and move into the brightening half of the year. So that's why this is such a exciting time. But simultaneously, we're still in the dark and we're in the dark for a while still, seasonally speaking. This is really the beginning of this winter time. And um, I think, you know, in life, we go through many seasons of what feels like darkness or, you know, we can think of as the dark night of the soul. And I've gone through my own health journey. Um, I was when I was 28, I was diagnosed with cancer. And so in a lot of ways, that was really my dark night of the soul and my winter in so many um, senses. And so the remembrance that there are seasons, not only in nature, but of our life and inwardly can really, for me, it helped remind me that there's always a rebirth after every season of darkness. So the the celebration of winter is, you know, considering like, how can you embrace those seasons where maybe it feels like there's a contraction or there's less happening, or perhaps there's loss, right? And instead of thinking like, oh, this is the end, one of the the gifts of realigning to the seasons is remembering that time is cyclic. It's not a linear thing. And especially from a feminine perspective, one of the ways that we can really um, embrace our feminine nature and reclaim it and bring it back into our, our, our practices is to really honor that there are seasons of letting go and not to fight them, but to actually embrace them and understand that they are so necessary for our health. Um, so again, going back to the light, the dark, the yin and the yang, we can't be healthy if we're only embracing the yang and the light in order to be whole and health and whole come from the same root word, we need to also be willing to sit in those periods that are more inward or a little bit slower moving, or that really invite us to release and to create space. Um, and those are not things to be feared, but they're part of the, they're part of the whole experience. And the more we can embrace them, the healthier we'll be. And we'll get through those portal times with more ease, I think. And just thinking about the summer solstice and how I, I've talked to a couple of friends about this, where I actually feel, again, not knowing the background of a lot of this, which I'm excited to dive into, I've often resisted the summer solstice because it is the darkening period. That's the one thing I know about it. And and I'm like, oh, but if only, like if only we were getting more light and we could continue the light and this and that, but that's a really that's a really beautiful way of looking at it. It's like, it's just embracing, like it's important for our health and our wholeness and our well-being to embrace the slowing down, the darkening. It's necessary to then maybe even appreciate the light as well. Yeah. And to think another way to think about it is a, a flower in bloom, nothing in nature blooms forever. And we are culturally addicted to more bigger, better, you know, more followers, more whatever, fill in the blank. And we have this tendency to associate success with moreness and it's not sustainable. And, you know, our planet right now is showing us how unsustainable 
our practices are. And I think that um, there's so much beauty in, in moving towards the, the blooming time or the celebration of the light. But again, it's just, it's not sustainable. And I think the the beauty of cyclic living is that every single part of the growth process, including the release and the going back to the earth to regenerate itself is is something that you can really mm, draw nourishment and joy from and it's nothing to be feared Mm -hmm. but I think it's you know your view on it is very much uh, reflective of our society and especially business practices and capitalism is really all about you know we have this tendency to favor youthfulness and the light and we hear a lot of these like good vibes only you know (laughs) like trying to avoid discomfort and and old age and disease and death and we kind of try to separate ourselves from those things but I think that just sets us up on this um, cycle of avoidance and consumerism that is not actually feeding us or helping us become a healthier more you know um, more whole contributing members of our culture (laughs) and society yeah totally so when we look at the winter solstice first of all I mean what is it and then how do we embrace this time so that we can create more nourishment or energy for maybe the light time of the of the year yeah well if you think about it it's very recent in human history that we have had that we have access to food and all the luxuries that modern living affords us all the time and at any point in the year we can you know just go to the grocery store and buy lettuce or you know um so we don't really think about preparing for the winter the way that our ancestors would have had to even a hundred years ago so from an evolutionary standpoint we have evolved to be um you know more connected to the seasons and we think that we're above nature but we're not we're of nature and as such the seasons also affect our own energy levels and from a, a natural perspective what would have happened um in you know the, the months leading up to winter is there would have been this this time of harvest of gathering of preparing for the winter so that you can make it through and survive (laughs) the darker months. Um, And so the solstice time, we can think about the, the turn of the earth around the sun, right, is a year. Um, And there are four major points along that, that turning of the earth around the sun that are marked. Um, So we have the two solstices and the two equinoxes. So the winter solstice and the summer solstice are six months apart and then the two equinoxes are also six months apart so we have the two solstices winter summer and we have the fall and the spring equinox and so solstice comes from a latin word that means soul as in sun and stire which means to stand still so it's a time where it appears as though the sun is actually standing still above the horizon and so what i'm speaking of today is really in the in the northern hemisphere we're moving towards this the winter solstice but if we were south of the hemisphere they're preparing for their summer solstice so it's it's opposite <laughs> depending on what part what side of the equator you're on 
And the equinoxes are really these balance points. Equinox comes from the Latin equal night, equal day. So the spring and the, the fall are really these balancing points between the light and the dark. And that's why we, we bring a lot of emphasis on cleansing and, um, you know, reorganizing and bringing balance back into our lives. Whereas the solstices are these turning points where the light starts to grow or it starts to recede and wane as you mentioned in the summer solstice. So think about, I like to imagine, and you know, I know this is a podcast, but if you were to draw a circle and picture the uppermost part of the circle and the lowermost part, we can imagine that the upper is the winter solstice and that from the winter solstice all the way to that bottom part of the circle to the summer solstice, the light is growing. And then from the summer solstice all the way up the other side of the circle back to the winter, the light is starting to recede and the darkness is growing. So you can imagine that we have this pulsation between the light and the dark part of the year. And so the winter solstice is, it marks the beginning of winter. And it really is in a lot of ancient earth-based traditions celebrated as the rebirth of the sun, S-U-N. Although interestingly <laughs> a lot of our, um, you know, modern day Judeo-Christian religions also celebrated as the birth of the S-O-N sun. Um, and that's a whole other conversation that a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the, um, you know, during the time when Christianity was, they were trying to convert the earth-based people of Europe, they, they overlaid a lot of these um, more Christian holidays on pre-existing pagan festivals that revolved around nature. So an example is Christmas time or also known as the winter solstice. Um, that's a whole other conversation, but no matter the culture, we also have, um, you know, the, my friends from South Asia just celebrated Diwali, which is the, the rebirth of the light, the festival of the light. And so pan-culturally, there are a lot of celebrations that are all about lighting up candles and really um, celebrating your fortitude and making it through the dark not only time of the year but we can think of it as you know we're living through dark times right now and so it's really about remembering that we have we each have you know the strength within us to make it through and it, it's easier felt when we do that in community and celebration with other people so a long time ago, these are celebrations that would have been shared amongst family and community. And um, there's a lot of traditions this time of year that can be traced back to more earth-based, um, you know, for example, like the evergreens really represent this remembrance of life, the, the continuation of life. And the, the importance of really remembering that this time is one of, you know, so if we think about it, it's the sun is standing still. So it's the release of the previous solar year and we're preparing for the return of the light for the next revolution of the earth around the sun. So in that way, it's a really powerful time to, to really consider. So the light symbolically light allows us to see, right? So this is a time where we want to awaken our inner vision and start thinking about what is it that we want to create? What is our future self that we want to live into in this coming rebirth of not only the sun, but of ourselves? Wow. <laughs> I am floored. I've got like goosebumps, I think. And mm. also 
that my like more comical side is like oh so the whole like new year new me is like actually a thing like it's not I mean it depends (laughs) you know that's it's it's funny because there's different new years depending on the tradition like they um you know, in the Jewish tradition, that's when um, like Hanukkah starts is because it's based on the lunar calendar. And right now where when we're recording today is the full moon in Gemini and it's the last full moon of the calendar year. Um, so it depends. But yes, <laughs> I'll say that there's a lot of symbolism in, you know, I think like the new year, new me is based on the Gregorian calendar, which starts on January 1st, but a lot of, we can actually trace it back to the solstice as being the beginning, if you will, of Mm. this new cycle. Um, So even though it'll still be 2022 on the calendar for a couple of weeks, energetically speaking, the solstice is really that time where you want to re-awaken your vision and thinking about, you know, the light, not only like candlelight but what lights you up and really start bringing those practices into your life um so yeah but there is some truth behind it (laughs) (laughs) okay why would the I don't know if you would know the answer to this why would the Gregorian calendar start like this whole time I was just thinking like what is January 1st then it seems so arbitrary like why well it's actually based on the Roman tax collection system And so you can trace back the names of the month, for example, well, like Julius was July, his son was Augustus, August, September would have been the seventh month from the beginning of when they started collecting taxes, which was March, October would have been the eighth month, November the 9th, December the 10th, and so on. So it's actually rooted in, um, yeah, a Roman society and the, the tax collection system oh my gosh that's so interesting it's so interesting just to know like we just live through so many we just come to accept so much in our life as just being the way it is versus ever peeling the layers back and being like where did this come from like well and I just think it's so important to consider like our relationship to time because if we think that time is linear as in a calendar month then we're always going to feel like where are we going and what's the next thing? And we're going to live in this very um, linear way. Whereas if we remember that time is cyclic and there's always a rebirth after every release. And then after that, there's the season of growth and full bloom. But following that, there's always going to be a period of, again, going back towards the earth. And so instead of um, you know, trying to be on all the time and go, go, go and be super productive Monday to Friday, you know, you can really come back to your own natural rhythms. And if we're talking about it from an entrepreneurial perspective, it'll actually make you more productive and creative if you follow a more cyclical way of of living and structuring your business versus a linear, you know, on 24-7, seven days a week type of way. Yeah, absolutely. And we all know that doesn't work. Or even for those who are listening, who are in corporate careers and maybe have been laid off. There's a lot of layoffs happening right now from my experience in just working with different clients who have been laid off for friends, family, whomever amazing things happen after a layoff. I believe for Mm -hmm. a company, for an individual, it's this forced rebirth, but amazing things can happen afterwards. And I was just thinking like, that's, it sometimes is for sometimes things like that are out of your hands. Like your cancer journey, I imagine was mm-hmm. it's out of your hands, but it's a forced rebirth to just step back. Um, and then from the winter perspective, what, it, what could we be doing to 
support and embrace embrace the dark like I know naturally I assume that you're gonna say slow down like what else does it look like (laughs) yeah yeah I will say slow down because that's what nature's doing and we should be doing the same so very simple practices might be going to bed a little bit earlier and allowing yourself to sleep more because your body this is the time of rest and rejuvenation um so I don't know about you I have a hard time waking up as early as I usually do because it's still dark out but there's a reason for that so really giving yourself permission to sleep a little bit more Um, as far as food practices eating foods that are naturally warming rather than raw foods um, from an Ayurvedic perspective and I'm an Ayurvedic wellness coach and Ayurveda is the the mother science of yoga it's this beautiful healing um modality that comes from India and it's all about aligning with nature. So part of Ayurvedic living is understanding your own constitution, your own makeup, your body, mind constitution, learning how to really feed yourself and nourish yourself. And also understanding from a seasonal perspective, there are certain elements that are predominant. So right now we're in the season, which is governed by what's called Vata. Um, but soon we'll be moving into to the kapha season, which is more about there's a lot of water in winter. So we want to think about what are some foods that are actually going to help warm us and keep us, I don't want to say uh, dry, but in the fall, we want to think about being really well lubricated. And in the winter, we want to think about um, not overly dampening our system because naturally there's a lot of water happening already with with the snow and so forth so still still thinking about warming foods spices um you know cinnamon turmeric all those delicious things um eating a lot more grounding foods so thinking about like root vegetables and nice deep brown rices and things like that um and healthy fats like those are the things that our body really needs to restore and repair itself for the the winter um and yes yeah, sipping warm beverages so it's really important to stay well hydrated but thinking about what are some not only how much we're drinking but how we're drinking so you want to drink sip throughout the day nice warm versus like really cold drinks because that takes a lot more energy for your body to acclimatize to or to change temperature back to your body temperature so those are more of like food practices um and in the way of you know the to-do list I know it's hard but if you can like slow like take on less and give yourself permission to do things that are more restorative so maybe it's taking a few extra baths throughout the week and um, doing a little bit of yoga nidra and things that are naturally going to help your nervous system ground and slow down and that is something that we have to be really intentional about these days because otherwise we'll just be pulled in so many directions and there's always more you know, we can add to our list or something else we can click on or some more scrolling. So I think setting clear boundaries around um, like your sleep routine. So starting to really prioritize sleep and, and um, yeah, doing, doing less in the way of um, productivity. And I, I don't mean that in like, you know, quit your job, and you know, stop answering emails, but it might be that you create structured time around, you know, when you're sitting down to work, it's for this amount of time. Um, Perhaps you put an auto responder on your email saying you only answer emails between these hours and you'll hear from me again on this day. So just setting up nice clear boundaries so that you're not 
feeling like you always have to be on. And that's something we could do, you know, I think would be beneficial all year round. But winter, if you think about it, it's going inward. It's embracing silence. It's being okay with the silence, knowing that that's where our strength comes from is being okay with like the sleep and the doing less. And that's really, that's where the rejuvenation of our cells and our creativity happens. And it's associated, if we think about the solstice as the dark time where the the light starts to grow again, it's also associated with midnight on a 24 hour clock. And so think about what's happening in the middle of the night, you're dreaming, right? So it's pulling your attention inward so that you can start to think about and dream about and really feel into like, where is your energy being called for this next cycle? But it's not about go, go, go at this rhythm that you've been on for the last, whether it's six months or six years. It's really allowing yourself to like, okay, stop, exhale, let go. And rather than just jumping right into the next thing, pause. This is where the solstice, the stillness of the sun comes. And give yourself time to integrate and assimilate. And this is where at the end of yoga, you practice Shavasana. That's that's winter. That's, that's death. That's release. It's the pose where everything that's come up to the surface can be let go. It's creating a nice fertile soil for the seeds that you're planting to take root in. And um, yeah, I don't know if that's maybe not too practical. There's more there as far as what we can be doing. It depends on what level, but I think it's like on a day-to-day sleep more, try to do less, prioritize self-care, moments of quietude, practices that are going to bring you inward and heighten your intuition. I think it's, there's so much there. And I think it's, sometimes it's nice to just get permission from somebody else, like from somebody like yourself who has studied, like you're a very, you're a businesswoman in a modern day society. And you have so much knowledge and expertise in our ancestors and our ancient traditions and our natural traditions. So I think there is a lot there and it's coming from somebody who who has to work in, in both worlds or has worked in both worlds. It's so, so I love what you just said about the nourish, like you're nourishing the soil. And I guess when you're thinking about it, what I'm taking away from this is when you're thinking about a cycle, then for the high performers out there who I have a feeling there's a lot of those who listen to a podcast like this, who are working parents, it's not that you're just going quiet forever or that you're being lazy. It's kind of like professional athletes who know that a rest day is vitally important for their success in the next game. If they've taken the time to rest, it's like, you have to take this time. This is actually productive. It's like quiet productivity to go inward, to nourish. That's kind of what I'm getting from this. Yeah, absolutely. And that you'll be you'll be less productive if you don't give yourself those seasons of pause and restoration. Yes. You know, and for parents, like I'm a parent, I get it. <laughs> the struggle is real depending on how old your children are. Maybe you can't sleep more because you've got a newborn, right? Um, and I remember when my son was young, people would say nap when he naps, but I, I couldn't because I had so many other things I needed to get done. But it does require a shift in perspective. And I agree, the permission is, it's nice. And here you are, here's your permission, Andrea, and everybody listening, permission (laughs) to do less, please. And in a lot of ways, I think that was one of the gifts of COVID was 
I don't know about you, but for when we started opening up and going back into the world again, I wasn't ready. I felt like I had come home in a way that felt really, really good and really grounding. I loved those months. And, you know, I'm coming from a very privileged place. I acknowledge that, you know, we, although I did lose some income because I had to close my studio, I was still able to, you know, have a beautiful place to live and food on the table. But there was a lot of uh, moments throughout that pandemic that actually felt super grounding and super nourishing. And I think the gift of it, if we can take it with us as we start to open up again, is that we actually don't need to be doing as much and we're not designed to be um, on all the time the way our devices are. And it's, you know, I, I guess the shadow side of that is that we, we, everything became virtual. So we also, there were less boundaries around work time and home time. Um, but what I'm getting at is that the embrace of like the exhale that was forced upon us, um, we saw how nature was coming back to life. There were all these stories of dolphins returning to different parts of the ocean and um, all these beautiful ways that nature was regenerating herself and, you know, bringing it back to the conversation around soil. We know that a lot of our soil is depleted from over farming and overproduction. And we also know that it only takes a season for that soil to rejuvenate itself. So that if we, if we let it stay fallow and not plant for one growing season it will regenerate and come back so it it's there's one of the the gifts of nature is this power of rebirth but in order to do that we have to allow that time of release and that's the part that is so hard for us to to embrace um but yes permission <laughs> and uh prescription i'll say <laughs> to the rx to try to do less <laughs> oh oh that's that it's it feels good. It feels good to just hear that and to just bring that in. And for those of us who are going to have a hard, maybe have a bit of a hard time bridging this gap between December 21st and December 22nd, I guess that would be like the actual bridge. You're kind of dancing between two places. Do you have any rituals or anything that you could share of like, I know some people post on Instagram or I see on TikTok, like, you know, winter solstice ritual. And it feels kind of overwhelming of like, what should I be doing or what could I be doing to embrace this? Well, first of all, I love this question because I think one of the very powerful yet simple ways that we can realign to nature is just marking those seasonal shifts for ourselves in a really um, personal way. It doesn't have to be a very fancy ritual with lots of elements, but just really taking a moment to yourself to pause and to reflect on the energetics of the season and what's happening in your own life is a really powerful practice. And as far as the solstice goes, because it's the rebirth of the light, doing a beautiful candlelight meditation is something that's really um, easy to do. Uh, in the yoga tradition, we have what's called open eye gazing, candle gazing meditation or trataka in Sanskrit, where you simply light a candle, you sit comfortably, and with your eyes softly open, you gaze at the candle without blinking until your eyes start to water because that element is very rejuvenating to not only your physical eyes, but to your inner, inner sight. And so once your eyes start to water, you blink, you close your eyes and you try to envision the, the flame in inside with your eyes closed. And then you might do that a few times. So opening your eyes and letting them gaze upon the candle. And there's so many beautiful benefits to this. It helps to not only strengthen your own inner fire, um, but it helps to purify and cleanse your vision and it helps to em empower and awaken your own vision of 
you know, really seeing in the dark. So seeing the in the the season of the dark, but seeing, remembering that in those dark times, you can the power of your your inner vision to awaken the next cycle of creation. So that's a really simple and powerful one to do. I think um, anything, I'm a big fan of journaling. Um, So anything in the way of considering, you know, I always like to start with gratitude. And this is a time where we're ending a, a turn around the sun. And so being really grateful and intentional about what, what are you so grateful for in 2022 and being super specific about it, writing it down. And then on the same breath, what are you ready to release from 2022? And then what are you ready to call in for this next season? So those might be some journaling prompts that you you sit with around the solstice. And, you know, surrounding yourself with symbols of rebirth. So maybe you create a little altar with some evergreens or some candles or anything that symbolizes the power of rebirth for you. And find, yeah, really find your own way. I'm very much, uh, I love to remind people that they have their own inner wisdom that will guide them. And so this is not about it looking a certain way. Really let your own um, intuition guide you in what feels good for you to take time to pause and celebrate the solstice in your own way. Um, I will also be teaching a solstice ceremony class. So for anybody listening, I'll share the link with Andrea. And if you want to join in as a guest, I would love to have you there. And there'll be lots more ideas in the solstice class as well. Amazing. That's so kind of you. Thanks, Chantal. She's uh, going to share a promo code so we can watch it together. Or if you don't have, you know, the opportunity on December 21st, we can, uh, you can watch it another time. So I'm personally going to tune in. I think that's, I'm just excited. I think this is, this is actually just getting me really excited. This is such a, feels like a very vibrant time of year. And I've never really, I always thought it was just, you know, the Hallmark Christmas style but there's definitely some sort of energy and you're definitely bringing to light pun intended uh (laughs) why that is if we could switch gears for a second I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about your own rebirth in becoming a mother and just how wise you are I feel like you would have some really interesting perspectives on what that was like for you and I know personally those beginning days of having an infant are both unbelievable and there's some winter I mean personally the nighttime feedings and the real real dark night um could get challenging anyways so i would love to hear hear your experience and your perspective on that rebirth or birth in general yeah i this is something i'm really passionate about i teach prenatal yoga and um i've done a lot of priestess work and so i love hosting ceremonies for women that are becoming mothers um we call it a blessing way which is a, a ritual that's designed to honor the the mother be, the woman becoming a mother um and i think that it's something that we i, I really want to bring back to modern day practices because again it's something that our sisters and our mothers and our grandmothers would have done for each other was gathering in the red tent or the moon lodge to really honor this time of transitioning from what's called the maiden to the mother because there is uh, there's a shift that happens. And if we don't acknowledge it and talk about it, then when we get into that new chapter, we feel it's so easy to feel overwhelmed. And like you said, of course, there's so many beautiful parts to it, but there's so much that changes. And one thing I wish is um, that people had told me how hard being a mom is because I feel like I got into, I, I was there and I was like, am I the only one struggling here? Um, 
you know, granted I had other health issues going on, but needless to say, everybody that I've spoken to, um, there, there's always a, a, a sense of loss of identity when you become a mother, because the freedom that you had before kids is, is different. Right. And, um, one of my favorite quotes is, you, you know, you can have it all, just not all at the same time. And I think when you become a mother, it's really allowing yourself to like, just know that you'll have all those, that free time for yourself and your creativity, but it just not, it might not be right now. And that doesn't mean you, you throw it all out the window, but to just, again, acknowledge that there's seasons to life. Um, I think that motherhood is one of the most important jobs <laughs> that is not seen as such, um, you know, and I've in my own way, um, tried to reclaim motherhood as, as like, oh, this is what I'm doing right now. I'm being a mom. Uh, because even throughout my season of having a business, it modulates. There's times where it's really harder to be as, you know, uh, creative in how much content I'm creating or events I'm hosting. And so sometimes my business goes on the back burner and I'm really focused on, you know, what's going on in my son's life. And, um, I think being willing to be flexible, I mean, we don't really have a choice, but to, to, to embrace the flexibility and see it like you're not a failure if you're putting other things aside to prioritize motherhood. Um, and you know, vice versa, because I know that as a, as a mom who's working, you always feel like you're a really bad mom and you're a really bad business owner. <laughs> Personally, that was my, I felt like I wasn't good at anything I was doing. I was being pulled in so many directions. So I think just normalizing that, you know, we have so much pressure and we put the pressure on ourselves, I think more than other people do. Um, so to really let that go, um, to be supportive of the small wins um, in yourself and, and the other women in your life, and to really create a culture that is, again, um, prioritizing motherhood, I think is is something that yeah, I'm really passionate about. Um, and so as far as, yeah, what I've learned through this journey is that it is one that you are stepping into a more expanded version of yourself. And so don't try to hold on to who you think you are <laughs> or who you used to be because you're becoming, um, you're becoming the mother and the mother is, you know, she's the life giver and archetypally speaking, again, bringing it back to nature. It's like when you feed the mother, everybody benefits. When you take care of nature, when you take care of your own nature, when you take care of yourself, everybody benefits. So it's, it's about being flexible, but also prioritizing what really matters most. Um, and again, bringing it back to the sleep, it's, it sounds very trivial, but if you're not sleeping properly, that's going to affect your hormones. It's going to affect the way you feel. It's going to affect the way that you, how you react with your kids. So it's like spool it back down. What do you really need to feel nourished? Really good sleep, quality food, good relationships. Like go back to the foundation <laughs> um, and your mother, mothering will improve. Your work will improve. Your, your relationships will improve. Oh, that's such a beautiful sentiment. I'm just also thinking about all the the consumer products that are being pushed our way right now of trying to fix, like go in front of this red light to help fix this or get this mat that you plug in and you lie on it. And like, I'm a sucker for that. So like, I don't have those two things in particular, but you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do need that. But no, you just need to pay, like, just pull it back. Like the days that you're feeling 
probably your lowest. You can probably trace back to one of those three things. Is there something going on in your relationships? How are you eating? How are you sleeping? Yeah. And I think another way to consider it is um, what can you stop doing? Mm. So instead of, you know, we think a lot about our goals and what can, like what's on our to-do list, what are the stop doing things? (laughs) So, you know, personally, like mindless scrolling is something that if I'm not intentional about, I'll get sucked into a vortex and 20 minutes will go by. (laughs) Um, So it's, again, it's just, and I think also what, what to stop doing is, um, and this is easier said than done, but looking outward and thinking like, oh, that's what I need. Because in my experience, it's not about adding on, it's about letting things go that we don't need because from a yogic perspective we're already whole and we're already well inside and it's not about adding it's about peeling away the layers and the the limiting beliefs and the stories that keep us from actually knowing that we're already whole oh I love that so much and what are you still trying to figure out Chantel you have you're so wise I'm like there's gotta be (laughs) there's nothing there's nothing you know, I, I will, um, that's funny because it's definitely not true. I think I'm always playing this dance of, um, right now I'd say my edge is like creating content because I love teaching and I love sharing a lot of the wisdom that I've been able to learn over the years. But I also feel like there's this treadmill of, posting content all the time that I haven't quite figured out what the balance is. So my, what I'm trying to figure out is the rhythm that works well for me, that makes me feel like I'm contributing, I'm being creative, it's fun, but that I don't like have to do it every single day or or burn myself out because of it. So that's definitely, that's definitely the dance. If you have any tips, let me know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm working on that too, for sure. Yeah. I like what you said there though, about, and what feels fun, like, we always think that people are going to notice if we don't post every day or if we don't do this one thing, it's the expectations we put on ourselves. Yeah. And most like my tendency is to either like go all in or pull back and not do anything. So I think it's like just knowing that it's okay to do something, you know, I'm a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> I think Brene, Bro- uh, Brene Brown has a quote about, you know, recovering perfectionists, aspiring, okay with what is type of thing where (laughs) it's like, you know, it's okay if it's not quote unquote perfect. Um, And, you know, to, to what you're saying, nobody's going to notice a lot of people are too busy thinking about themselves. And I don't mean that in like, you know, but most of the time it's like, just take it, take the load off because nobody's noticing in the way of, you know, micro managing the time and the frequency of your posts. So I think, it's one of those things that um, it can it can can consume us. It's a machine that we can sort of get sucked into. But I think if we can relate to it from a place of yeah creativity and joy and find a schedule that works for us, that's what I'm attempting to do anyway. Awesome. And you'll use the winter, I imagine, to slow, maybe peel back, take your own advice. Yeah. I'll try. (laughs) (laughs) So apart from the uh, wonderful invite that you have sent out to us for the Solstice Soul Care Ceremony class on December 21st, where else can everybody find you to connect with you and learn more from you? 
Oh, thanks for asking. I just updated my website, thewellbychantel.com to reflect my new soulful wellness coaching packages. I'm also beginning to do what's called equine facilitated wellness, which is working with horses from a uh, learning and self-development perspective. Um, so that is available on my website. I also have an on-demand yoga video library, which if you feel like doing a yoga class, you can just rent one or you can become a member. And we've got add a new class every Wednesday to that. And that's all available on my website. Amazing. Thank you so, so much, Chantal. This was unbelievable. We could have chatted for, I think a whole week, <laughs> seven days straight. Yeah, thank you, Andrea. And um, yeah, wishing you so many solstice blessings of rebirth for your own business and podcast and motherhood and full permission to do less this winter. Thank you for listening. You can access all resources mentioned in this episode via my website, andreabar.com slash podcast. And let's chat on Instagram. I'm at andreabarcoaching and I reply to every DM I get. If you loved this episode, don't forget to quickly hit that button on your podcast app to give me a five-star rating and drop in a review. It would truly mean the world. And if you're like me and love to share things that you love, send this episode to a friend who you think would appreciate this topic. Thanks again for listening and I'll chat with you next week.